Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse Podcast. I think I sent you this TikTok and it was like the voiceover where the person was like, Your Honor, I would like to plead guilty and I would also like to request a death penalty. And the judge was like, uh, this is a parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? First off, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22 because this is episode 22. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I am so proud of us being able to get to 22 episodes. We have stuck with some form of schedule where no matter how we feel, we've shown up and done something. It's been very continuous. So thank you. And thank you to the listeners who have stuck with us thus far and stick with us for a lot more. Look, if you're listening to this and you don't know that Christy and I are older than 22, you have missed some very important clues. We are not 22. We're talking about Saturn's returns and shit. We are not 22. But yeah. I was reminded by a mutual friend of ours recently that he and I went out to karaoke in Baltimore one time and sang 22 and got up on the stage and said, this is dedicated to hashtag reckless youth. And I said, (laughs) 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 we are well into reckless old age now. Reckless old age. Honestly, can I have that as my Twitter handle? You better check it before we publish the episode. (laughs) I also found, on another completely random note, I found a voicemail you left me. I was, like, clearing out my voicemail, and you left me a voicemail in 2017 from Paris? What? I don't remember (laughs) this. (laughs) Because... You weren't able to come to my bridal shower because you were in France. (laughs) And obviously you had planned that long before. So you left me a message, which I guess was like in the middle of the night the day before, because it was like, hello, it's me. (laughs) 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 You just called to wish me a happy bridal shower. But like I saved this voicemail from you. Wait, do you still have it? Because I I don't remember what I said. Can you play it? I don't I don't remember doing this. Hello, it's me. Um, I wanted to wish you a happy bridal shower from the other side. I I know you're still asleep. Um, alright, happy bridal shower. Sorry I couldn't be there, but enjoy. Talk to you too. Bye. That's all. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to remember where I, like, shit, what was I doing? Okay, so... Well, it was May 2017, so I don't know if that helps at all. <laughs> I think... I, I remember w- vaguely what had happened. May 2017, I had planned a holiday in Paris, and I arrived. And the day I arrived, I remember that they had some form of worker strike or something like that. It was something political or weird. There were a lot of military people on the streets. And it also mm. coincided with around the time where they were voting between Marie Le Pen and the other guy, um, um, Macron. So I remember like the streets were really hot that time. And I, I just I literally stepped off and I was like, what the 
fuck is happening here? Either I knew it was your bridal shower before I got on the plane to go on holiday because I was like, oh shit, I'm missing Christy's bridal shower because it's not something that I would ordinarily miss. I looked at my phone and I remembered, I was like, if I don't call her, I, it must have been the case where I called you thinking I won't have time later or if I get to call you later, you would either be asleep or whatever. So I was like, let me just call you at a time where like I, I say what I have to say and then later I can get, double back and check in with you and stuff like that. I kind of low-key regret that I missed that bridal shower though because it was so Connecticut oh my god and you missed all of the I got ambushed at my bridal shower with this like tradition air quotes that I did not know about apparently when you unwrap presents at your bridal shower which you apparently traditionally do sitting there with everyone watching you're supposed to try and get the ribbons off without cutting them and for every ribbon you cut it's that's the number of children you have the straights need to be stopped like one of the presents had like two different colored ribbons and i had to cut it and everyone was like twins it's like can we fucking not (laughs) 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 yep so i just discovered that that made me happy (laughs) hello it's me which like you never said your name it was this random number from france calling me like obviously it was you but like (laughs) when i hear myself back in terms of like voicemails and stuff like that i'm like that doesn't sound like me Mm. the person who sent that voicemail sounds like a chain smoker who (laughs) hasn't slept in years wait i mean you know what that's me (laughs) that's half true (laughs) anyways i also watched a few movies so i watched the movie brawl and cell block 99 which was from 2017 and this is a grindhouse style action thriller movie starring mr vince vaughn who goes to prison and is blackmailed into doing all kinds of of crazy stuff. The one pleasant surprise from this movie, surprised me at least, is that I found out that Vince Vaughn actually has some range. Did not expect that. He does. But I've always seen him as a comedy actor that has no range. I, yeah, I've seen him as that too. And not even like the world's best comedy actor, but <laughs> no. It was like a f- <laughs> Sorry, Sorry to that, man. This is the most backhanded compliment. <laughs> But he did know it was a like purely dramatic role and he actually did a pretty good job. He was very committed. So you go Vince Vaughn. But uh, I didn't really like the movie. Oh. It was, <laughs> I, I mean, Despite his best attempts. Like, <laughs> it's not you Vince Vaughn. It's everything else. <laughs> I see. Oh, man. I knew it going in because I heard it was like a grindhouse movie. So it has that like hyper realistic, ridiculous, over the top violence and gore, which like doesn't bother me. It just sort of that was what it was. And there wasn't a whole lot else. It got really good reviews. Really? Yeah, it got great reviews. It's like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which as we've discussed before, like low 90s is usually a good indicator. Yeah. High 90s is not. I didn't love it. I do think it is one of those movies. What didn't I like? Um, yeah. Honestly, I think it would have been a good movie if it were 30 minutes to an hour shorter. It just uh, like... It dragged. The, yeah, the amount of story was very minimal compared to the amount of runtime. And the story itself wasn't bad. It was just like, there was this very basic setup of he's trying to like have his family life. He goes to prison. Someone blackmails him in prison, like with his family. And he has to commit all of these violent acts because of the blackmail, which is fine. That's like a fine story. But like, that was, that was pretty much it. And then the last like three quarters of the movie is just like doing all this violent stuff. Yeah. And like, so it just became about like showing this like crazy over the top violence 
and stuff, which was like, it was fine. It just like, I don't know. Mm. I, I kept hoping it would go further. It was just sort of a spectacle and not really interesting. So uh, I, I want to know why the the critics rated it highly, because why would they rate some story like that highly? There has I to be know. something else that they liked about it. But yeah, no, I, I shout out to Vince Vaughn for stretching the range that he has for this movie. But I'm not yeah. going to watch this movie, obviously, no. like as you've just <laughs> described it. I, <laughs> I don't think I'll be watching that. Is somebody going to prison and committing violent acts like that's pretty much every mob movie that's ever been made like <laughs> i don't i don't need to see vince vaughn do this <laughs> i'm looking at the critics reviews i think everyone was just surprised by how well vince vaughn did that they rated it yeah well. I, th- <laughs> I was about to say i was about to say the bar was set so low that when they saw vince vaughn do something that was half passable they were like wow we expected this to completely be trash but it's actually passable, so we'll we'll rave about it because it's passable. We expected it to be trash. Literally every one of these reviews. Okay, so that's why. So if you're a big fan of Vince Vaughn and would like to see him have the range, you will enjoy this movie. <laughs> but otherwise, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't like Grindhouse movies that much anyways. I don't know what I expected. I also finally watched, however many years too late, I finally watched Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I'm not saying you I've actually seen not it seen now. it yet. No. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk. I oh, you haven't seen it? I watched it yesterday. <laughs> Anyways, I was just plugging a glaring hole in my movie range there. But I'd been avoiding it actually for years because I thought I would hate it. Because I knew it was based on Heart of Darkness, the novel, which I don't know if you ever read Heart of Darkness. You know I don't read. I had to... <laughs> <laughs> I had to read it in high school. It was like assigned reading in high school and I hated it. Oh, really? Hated it. And I'm also just as a rule opposed to movies that run over two hours. Like there are exceptions, but I, I'm very skeptical of any movie that runs over two hours. But it was actually great. I loved it. The movie. Yeah. Wow. This movie is really old. It's 1979. Yeah. So this is pretty much an army movie. Yeah. I understand that not all army movies do this, but most army movies that are marketed in the United States are pretty much propaganda pieces if that makes Mm. sense yes they always paint the u.s out to be the valiant heroes of a time where there's absolute turmoil Mm -hmm. but for the most part the u.s if we objectively look at it has mostly been the perpetrator of whatever the chaos yeah they have been the perpetrator of chaos all through all the wars that they fought so um yeah that's why i usually (laughs) like I, I stay away from like this the Saving Private Ryan's the movies like that I'm like okay they're gonna paint it like uh, Dundurk this is actually that's why I liked it is it it's set during Vietnam which obviously we were not the good guys in that one if we were I mean nobody's Absolutely a good guy not. in war no. but like in, in Vietnam like good Christ no I think it actually did a really good job of portraying this war in Vietnam and the American soldiers as like both very seriously and like all of the damage they were doing and also capturing some of the just absurdity of the fact that we were over there and like what people were doing and what people were living through being there having all been drafted like it was it managed to strike a very interesting tone or it was like funny but still like very like meaningful and affecting like it was good I see oh maybe I'll see this yeah. yeah. I like movies that objectively like, especially if it has to do with war, I don't want to see the movie take one side or the other. I want to see them objectively explain what happened to get everybody to this very specific point. Mm. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe this is a good movie. Shout out to Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I was going to warn you, you and our listeners, 
Be sure you're watching the theatrical cut. There are several other versions they've released of the movie with like a lot of extra footage. Don't do it. The, the theatrical cut of the movie is already two and a half hours long and it is not improved by the extra footage. So watch the theatrical cut. So what have I been up to? There's two shows on Netflix that I just started. The first one is Love, Death, and Robots. And this is recommended to me by Richard. And I actually don't hate this. The title is very apt. It's pretty much, it reminds me sort of like Black Mirror, where each episode can be standalone. And the story that they tell in each episode is its own entity. However, each story can be very different, but it revolves around a very similar plot. I think in Black Mirror, it revolves around human behavior as it relates to technology. In this show, the name is very apt. It's about love, death, and robots. So depending on which story they tell in any single episode, it's either about love, death, or robots, or a combination of either two or three. That's <laughs> it. It's very fascinating to see how they manage to weave the storytelling, especially when it turns to stuff like death, right? There's a very specific episode that comes to mind where there's a giant human that washes up on sea, almost like in the same way that a whale would wash up on sea after it's been dead. But this is just a giant human. And they phrase the whole thing around the concept of how the fuck do we get a human that's about the size of a whale? And where where does that human come from? Do we know? Are they a more evolved species than we are? Why are they so big? What is our place relative to huh. this giant species? And it's really interesting. But also they include stuff like which i think is important you can't tell that story without including a scientist to give you the perspective from the curiosity of let's study this thing that washed up on the sea and see what the fuck it is right <laughs> and i thought that was interesting and there's an episode where robots roam the world after the human civilization wipes itself out and the robots objectively look at the human civilizations after it's wiped itself out because they're probably like three thousand generations into the future they're completely removed from human civilization right now and they're like oh humans used to keep pets why did humans keep pets objectively so they look at like why did humans keep pets what do pets feel about the humans that they interacted with and at that point in the future they just throw in a bonus of like oh pets can talk now so they can actually understand what pets are thinking or feeling and then of course um they put it from the perspective of these robots go on vacation looking at the civilization ruins of humans just like the way we would go to the mayan civilizations oh. look at the same. yeah so it's it's very maybe not even second maybe third place removed and then objectively it looks at this is what humans did this is how humans <laughs> managed to wipe themselves off the face of the planet this is yeah and then there's so many jokes that are they hit so close to home and you're like <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We're about to kill ourselves with global warming. <laughs> but anyway, I think that show is, is, is brilliant. The other show that I've been watching is season four of Castlevania. Do you know the show? No. Okay, so I don't watch anime. I should say this. There are a lot of people who are really into anime. And I don't think I am the most qualified person to judge anime just because I don't have that much range about it. But Castlevania is an animated show. It is describing the world through the fictional characters of night creatures, vampires, and other mystical creatures. It's pretty much like Twilight, except animated. But it focuses on the story of the myth of Dracula and how people especially like revere this character in this mythology. 
And this Castlevania kind of structures, okay, this is what Dracula is, and this is why he's neither good nor bad. I don't think anime is great. A lot of anime I think is trash. Because, like, <laughs> by the time you dub from the original language, it loses whatever cadence and speech or the actual true meaning of what is being said in conversation. So it's usually a little bit meh. By the way, I hate when, this is why I don't like anime. It bothers me from a perspective of someone who's watching a show that is supposed to be a show. I need you to be excellent. If you are going to draw a crowd of people, I need you to actually draw a crowd of people in the background. I don't want to see just vague blobs because it shows that you are lazy as an artist. If I see a frame and there's just globs of people that's supposed to represent the crowd i tune instantly i turn the tv off i want you to see you've gone through and you've drawn each face in the background i just don't just focus on the foreground i want to see everything you have to be really intentional about what you're doing so yeah that's why i usually don't want it but this show they do a good job about really being excellent the animation is done very well and because i think they actually go the extra mile to record it in english which works good for me because I, I decently speak English. I wouldn't say I'm perfectly speaking English. But I do okay with speaking <laughs> I do okay with speaking English. So like I like that the the cadence of the way the characters speak, they feel natural to me. So yeah no. I've been watching those two and I like them. So the topic we'll be discussing today is beauty. Or beauty as Americans say. Whatever. We should start the episode just by addressing that beauty as they say, is in the eye of the beholder, which I think is a common phrase that gets thrown around a lot. But I think it is true because everybody is beautiful. doesn't matter what. And that nonsense that people say that you can be beautiful on the inside, I want to say this unequivocally. That is some bullshit. That is what you say to someone when you know they are absolutely unattractive to you. And I think that is meaner than just saying, I don't find you attractive. Mm. Don't say, you know, you're beautiful on the inside. What the fuck does that mean? Although I will say, unfortunately, because Europe has been very colonial they have imposed their standard of beauty across the world such that the rest of the world is trying to emulate what europeans think is beautiful and i don't like that i mean i don't think anybody who isn't european likes that (laughs) i think it's a very stupid thing but so the the things that we could talk about is what people's ideal beauty standards are depending on where you're from and what people do to achieve those beauty standards and what people do when they feel as though those standards are not achievable or attainable and also how people's self-esteem relates to what they where they think they rank given that specific beauty ideal i'll go first okay (laughs) so in terms of beauty ideals right i was born and raised in africa in Nigeria specifically. And a lot of our beauty standards, especially when I was growing up, was heavily influenced by the fact that we were, were colonized by Great Britain. So around 80s, 90s, where supermodels were slender, that was the goal. But also being light-skinned was what the beauty standard was. So if you found a skinny person who had light complexion... Also, I should say, people always assume that all Africans are dark. That is objectively not true. Very, very untrue. Now, where I'm from in West Africa, a lot of Africans are dark. But if you look East Africa, North Africa, coming down from the Mediterranean, everybody there is light-skinned. Everybody, even even if you go all the way down to South Africa, especially because the Dutch settled there, most people are light-skinned if, if they're quote-unquote black. So a lot of Africans are not dark. So, you know, the button nose, the thin lips, 
the long face growing up. That was the beauty ideal. Now, that has since changed. For most West African countries, the actual beauty standard, which the thin hips, the big butt, busty, full lips, dark, chocolate, smooth skin is the beauty standard, which like I'm going to get canceled no matter what I say here. Because again, this is just a preference in beauty and what I think is attractive, which changes from person to person. Now, I will say, I do think that inner beauty is a crock of shit, (laughs) but I think, no, honestly, it is. I can't, there's no other way to say it is a crock of shit. Whatever somebody looks like on the outside can be boosted by the way they carry themselves, if that makes sense. So even if your very strict beauty standard doesn't match what somebody looks like, the way that person interacts with you changes how you find them attractive, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm just spilling nonsense here, but that's the way I see it, right? But me specifically, if their personality is absolute trash and that personality cannot impact their physical beauty, at the very minimum, what I find physically beautiful is a fuller face. I don't like the gauntly skinny. That's not my josh. I like a fuller face. I like fuller lips. I like smaller waist, big butt, and lean muscle. And I've thought about this really hard. I'm like, now, I would like to think that I am my own beauty standard because that's the easiest thing to match. I don't think it's fair for me to find someone attractive who doesn't look like me. Does that make sense? Because I'm holding them to a different standard that I'm able to present. If my beauty standard is the European beauty standard, a very slender, long nose, thin lips, for the most part, slender, not quite lean muscle, but slender. Imagine if that person finds me attractive, I then have to wonder, are they finding me attractive because they truly find me attractive or because they find me attractive because I'm a novelty from what they're used to? Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, yeah, so it's easiest for me to just, what are your beauty standards? (laughs) Oh, God. That's, yeah. It's sort of hard to define, and I promise I'm not saying this just to, like, make you get cancelled and me not, but, like, being, (laughs) being, like, just, like, my own preferences and being pansexual, like, the range of people and body types and ages and genders and everything that I find attractive is really wide that I'm trying to find a way to sum it up. I will say that actually when I think about women that I find beautiful, I actually find it's the opposite for me. Like things that I feel like I'm insecure about in my own appearance, where I Mm, see the opposite in a woman, like I tend to find that quality about her very attractive. Uh, I see what you mean. Okay. There's there's some stuff to unpack there, but (laughs) but, (laughs) but, and it's also interesting how like, sort of like you said when we were growing up the like skinny 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 sort of body type was very fashionable and now it's like a little like quote unquote curvier is <laughs> is in but i feel like i've always found the like again i'm doing giant air quotes curvier women more attractive because when i was younger it's funny how like the world will give you body image issues literally no matter what <laughs> like it you literally can't escape them <laughs> i i was super thin i was like like scary scary thin when i was a teenager like actually underweight and just like people commented on it constantly and i hated Same. Like, they, you know, everyone was like, why don't you eat? Da, da, da. So, like, even though that was in vogue, like, then, I never found that very skinny, skinny body type attractive. Because it never. when I looked at myself like that, I didn't find that attractive about myself. Um, so, wow, I'm really uh, unpacking some trauma on you here. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, all to say, <laughs> all to say that like, especially with women, I really like like a big butt and like breasty and like full lips and uh, especially if she has really pretty hair. Like my hair is awful. I can't stand my hair. Chop it all off. <laughs> but men, I say. think it's I think it's funnier. I think I probably find a really wide range of men attractive because I think I'm not projecting those insecurities onto like I, I men see. when I like think about them as much. First of all, I can interview you about this all day because I find that fascinating. I don't have that perspective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know, again, gender and sexuality are, te- are both a construct, definitely. Yes. <laughs> but I, for whatever reason, find attractive people who identify as men. Trans, cis, whatever. People who identify as men, I find them attractive. And I can't tell you why. Now, if I say a woman is beautiful, it's because, objectively speaking, by whatever criteria I use, that woman has ticked very specific boxes. Mm-hmm. And she is beautiful. But a man, so many things can skew it mm. it's it's terrible for me to say like the way he moves not just the way he looks the way he speaks different things can skew it but if i fi- yeah. if i tell you a woman is beautiful is because objectively i've torn her to pieces and i'm like <laughs> yeah i can tell you exactly why i think that woman is beautiful but i don't but for someone who then is attracted to both quote-unquote men and women i have never thought about how they view quote men interesting versus with i i've never had to think about that and for now like when you said that i was like I blew my mind. That completely blew my mind. If you give men more leeway, then what are your, what is your criteria? What are the things that you would check? This is putting you on the spot, but like, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Too. Like, what are the things that then, if you, if you don't give men, if you give men as much of a leeway, then what is the base criteria that you use to judge? I also don't like that very like skinny, skinny body type on men but i also find it very weird when men are like super super muscular to the point where there's like veins and it's like hard it's like oh that that just weirds me out <laughs> i mean that weirds me out like Same. women who are like that too just like oh like anyway so so somewhere in the middle of that honestly it's funny how much of it is just like presentation like so many men just don't make any effort mm. like look beautiful they just and it's like sometimes you're like i think you would be if you cared but the fact that you don't even care to present yourself is you know i'm not willing to put in the effort and imagination to see if you actually are so like i feel like some people think about men who put effort into their appearance and like think of that as vain and find that unattractive but i find that attractive when i can tell that a man like cares about his appearance and like you know Mm. wants to put his best face forward (laughs) (laughs) face 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 Face. (laughs) (laughs) at the very base i want your nails to be clipped and if they are long i want them to be intentionally long I don't want to find dirt under there. I don't want to... Stuff like that. No. I want to know that you smell good. When you speak, your breath should not smell like something ungodly. I want to know that you intentionally wore whatever it is that you are wearing. Now, on the flip side, I don't... Like you just said, the muscular people... When I say lean muscle... I don't mean, it has to be, the proportions have to matter. There are a lot of people who have lean muscle and the proportions don't, like like I just mentioned, again, this is going to get me canceled, I'm sure. <laughs> but I do, I like a small waist, like the V. The shoulders have to be going out this way. There's the waist I prefer to be smaller. Then I like a nice butt mm-hmm. at the very basic. 
that's what oh. I like. Yeah. Right? But if the case is, you know, you can you can literally look like a fridge, like a brick, <laughs> and still be lean muscle. And I'm like, that does nothing for me. Like mm-hmm. now, there's some people who like their body type is pretty much a brick. There's very little they can do to change that, right? And if mm-hmm. that's the case, I want you to intentionally, if you are going to dress yourself, if you really want to look like a brick, it has to be intentional. <laughs> but if you do want to do, again, in which case, if I know you do it intentionally, I'm like, oh, I'm into it. They know exactly what they're doing here, right? But if you just look like you threw a sack of something on and it doesn't make any sense what you're doing, yeah, then I'm like, okay, then you, you really don't even know what you look like, so. But yeah, no, but if you do look like a brick, there is some optical illusion you can do. You can wear a shirt that has really baggy shoulders, but cuts off a little before the waist, such that at least there is some illusion. You can wear pants that flare out at the ankles. You can do very specific things to make an optical illusion. But I I think, yeah, again, which is also, we can also like have a a whole episode about compliments, right? I don't know how to accept compliments properly. Me neither. (laughs) I'm terrible. And I don't think, I mean, this could stem from self-esteem issues, but I'm not sure that that's all there is to it. I think there's probably something more. Because I don't think I'm someone who has low self-esteem. I, I just, when somebody gives a compliment, I'm always like, it's always baffling to me. Because if they compliment something that I know that having fuller lips now is popular. I'm black, black, blackity, black, black, black. I have always had full lips. So that I'm not insecure about. I know if anybody who follows the popular trend of having full lips, I will always 10 out of 10 meet that standard. I have full lips, no issue. But if they want someone who's tall, I'm five foot seven. When I say I'm five foot seven, by the way, people don't believe I'm five foot seven. They assume that I'm taller. Yeah. I cannot explain to you why. People just assume I'm taller than five seven. I'm like, no, 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 no. I've checked. In fact, I thought I was five eight. And the last time I went to my doctor's office, they're like, no, actually you're five seven. I was like, ah, work. Somebody lied to me, right? And I don't like to be the... You know how men like to lie? They always say they're taller. I'm not that man. I'm not insecure about my height. It is what... Even if I lied about it when you saw me, you'd eventually... This is not something I can lie about. You're... When I... If I take my shoes yeah. off, you will eventually find out. So if somebody says a compliment to me that has to do with me having a symmetrical face or me seeming taller, I don't, I, I can't fundamentally accept that compliment because I don't think it's true. Even if they mean it and they do think it's true from their perspective or whatever, maybe if the person is shorter than me and they think I'm tall, I'm like, objectively, that's incorrect. That's inaccurate. I don't think I'm tall. So I always have an issue accepting compliments that I don't agree with, if that makes sense. Sitting here thinking about butts, like, <laughs> there's nothing worse than i mean like most women have like at least some butt like so many men though it's like flat flat i I don't like i don't like flat butts (laughs) and there's also the thing where they call the odd beauty which i think the the Mm. example that most people use is somebody like angela jolie which she's this i don't know how this happens angela jolie is this weird mix of all the beauty standards that exist that i know of the fuller lips from the African beauty standard, she has it. The slender um, face from the European beauty standard, she has it. The pointy nose from the European, she has it. The colored eyes from the European, she has it. The, the the slender torso from the Asian beauty standard, she has it. She has, I swear, I don't know how she lucked out on this. She has a beauty standard from every single place in the world. So no matter where you are from the world, if you look at Angela Jolie, she's attracted to you. It's so yeah. weird. But you, you, if you're from the European and you're expecting all of her to fit the European, all of her will not fit the European. But you still cannot objectively find her unattractive. It's very difficult. So, like, people like that, I'm like, how are you so fucking lucky? 
how'd you manage that? That then raises the question of plastic surgery, right? This is not the plastic surgery episode. I have no issues with plastic surgery. In fact, if I have the funds to have plastic surgery and I'm guaranteed that it will be a successful outcome that will be amenable to me, I'm doing it. I'm happy with, like, I'm fine with plastic surgery. I think, like, if I had the money right now, I don't think there's anything in particular. Like, there's nothing about myself that I, like, think about, like, oh, I wish I could specifically change this thing but i wouldn't say i'm like opposed to it i am opposed when like it's hard to ever draw the line with this but if someone's really doing it for themselves then i have no problem with it like absolutely like you do you whatever makes you happy it's your body do whatever like do whatever you want with your body and your funds of course (laughs) but um (laughs) i feel like people do get pressured into it and it's hard to say because like everyone's under some pressure right just from like living in this society so it's hard to ever say like this was fully entirely my decision but there are cases where people are like very directly pressured like women to get breast implants like big boobs oh my god they're so difficult they give you back pain they're all over the place like but there are yes. <laughs> I don't I don't want them. Like I used to when I was younger, but now I'm like <laughs> I find nipples that are sensitive extremely attractive. What I don't find attractive is if your chest is extremely big. Mm. On a man, like men who are extremely muscular with their pecs that go out forever and ever. No. <laughs> To me, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What am I? What is this? Women who go get the breast implants to have really big breasts. Fundament. I like good posture. Fundamentally speaking, I think most people, if you, even if you have different body types, the way you carry yourself, if the posture is perfectly balanced, I find that attractive. I have not found someone with a huge chest, a busty person have good posture because it's extremely difficult to maintain good posture with because what happens is if you have a huge chest right you could all, i mean if you are perfectly stocky and you also have a big butt it's balanced out but what happens is most people who have big chests only have big chests or the chest is bigger than the butt so what happens is you tend to stand trying to push your chest out more and then your back looks like a s like disproportionately an s so you're walking with your shoulders all the way back Mm -hmm. what then happens is if your chest is even bigger your arms can't sit to the side of you so your arms all the way out here Mm -hmm. so you're walking like a seal (laughs) honestly (laughs) you are walking like a seal and that posture right there annoys the fuck out of me i can objectively tell you why i hate big chest this is why it looks comical to me it looks stupid so people who go if you're born with it that's your body type rock with it figure it out but if you go out of your way to get that to me it makes no sense you're buying back pain you took your (laughs) hard-earned you took your hard-earned money and you paid for back pain that's it why (laughs) it doesn't make sense to me why people do that back to the plastic surgery thing right i know that a lot of people in korea have the double eye lift lift surgery and i know it's a popular thing and i also know that uh, for like the girls coming of age in those societies the mothers gift that to their daughters And I fundamentally have a problem with this. If I were a child, right, and when I turned 16, my mom was like, here's some money, go get your lips reduced. If I weren't already conscious about having full lips, Mm -hmm. this is the day it starts. Automatically, I feel as though 
wow, I'm not meeting a very specific beauty standard. I need to start worrying about this, right? So for mm -hmm. these girls, either these girls are subject to this their entire lives, that them getting this as a gift from someone, they're like, oh, thank God I got this as a gift. I can finally meet this beauty standard. Or B, they haven't thought about it until this specific point. They're like, wait a minute, do I actually need to get a double eye lift surgery? Like what? This, this annoys me. How do you feel about this? <laughs> it is upsetting. Yeah, it's just the same thing with like general plastic surgery. It's like if it's it's so problematic if someone is being pressured so much because like there's societal pressure, which is very real, but it's also sort of diffuse. But if right. you're feeling pressure from like a loved one, like a certain person in your life to like change something about yourself so drastically like that's I feel like that affects you whether you do it or not. It's real, real upsetting, especially so young like that like it's yeah i have a big problem with that i think fundamentally knowing that whatever it is that you are someone finds beautiful helps with your self-esteem even if the people around yeah. you don't think so yeah it helps just knowing that yeah no fuck these people somebody else likes this so like what's the big deal mm -hmm. right but it really doesn't matter i don't think for the most part a lot of the things that we talk about in terms of beauty it doesn't matter so we've talked about plastic surgery the next thing is makeup no, it's thankfully we are making it such that makeup is not gendered anymore, only for women. It's slightly getting better. I think men are starting to wear makeup now, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes such that nobody has ever seen what you look like without makeup, I love trickery. Don't get me wrong. I love the trickery. <laughs> There's no, I find it absolutely fascinating. My feeling at the heart of all of it is like feeling that you are beautiful makes you more attractive to others. But so, like anything you're doing for yourself that makes you feel beautiful and happy like i'm all for that but like all of it is so so societally influenced yeah i guess one of the first things that comes to mind is that even if women aren't using it like you said you'll show up all done up and you'll show up in your pajamas and like there are some women who would feel the same way and there are others who really don't want to be seen out of like a full face of makeup but men have this idea that if a woman is wearing a full face of makeup it's because she's hiding something and they'll make those <laughs> jokes about like you know oh you have to take her swimming on a first date so her makeup comes off and you see what she really looks like right so like the assumption that people make about you if you're wearing a lot of makeup are are there and those are problematic but there are like it is it can be a really fun tool that you can use to accentuate your beauty but a lot of people I think use it because it's not as drastic as something like plastic surgery so I think a lot of people lean on it really heavily to like hide insecurities and it can become like a, a sort of tool that they use to right. maybe not cope with that in the most healthy way but yeah i i'm a cisgendered man and i identify as a man so i think that affords me some privilege especially like I, I know for instance some men have a problem with hair loss i don't have that problem because i'm like when they the hair is going it's gone when it like <laughs> fundamentally speaking it's just hair and i specifically don't care and what i also think about is if someone doesn't find me attractive because I have no hair. That's not the person that I want around me anyway. It, it really doesn't, it makes yeah. no sense to me why I would want to keep that person around. That's one. But two, I understand like, it's all about, you know, makeup fundamentally speaking, I think should be a fun thing. Mm -hmm. Wear it at your discretion. It's fun. It's honestly fun. Wear as much or as little as you want, that's on you. But you should not be wearing it as a crutch so that you don't want people to see what you look like without it. 
if that makes sense. I think you should be just yeah. as comfortable leaving your house with a full face of makeup or not at all. If you find them attractive just by what you see, there's a problem there. If that's the only thing you find attractive about them, there is an issue. There is an issue. Because that person is not just a two-dimensional photograph. That person, if they are fortunate enough, has an enjoyable personality. If they're not, they don't. But it's okay. Um, that per that person is more than just what they look like. That person is a is a collection of all their experiences. So if you find someone attractive, the way they carry all those experiences, you have to find that attractive too. So if you then do the opposite, where you don't care what their personality is and you just want to look at them in two dimension, then what's the point? You don't really like the photo. You can you might as well snap a photo of them and hold on to that. You shouldn't interact with the person because the person is more than just what they look like, right? So, which is why, like, the the whole beauty thing is is all sorts of all over the place. You know that scene in Mulan? This is what you give me to work with. Well, honey, I've seen worse. You know that scene yeah. where, like, she puts Mulan into, like, the bathtub, scrubs her down, puts her into this geisha and whatever. That's the epitome of every time I think of beauty, I think of that scene because... Mulan as a person, like the way the character is structured, that's a very beautiful character. Her mm -hmm. ideals, she's soft, she's kind, she's valiant, she's courageous. These are all things that most human beings like in a person. But it's amazing how you have to still dress all of that up in white face and very strategic eyeliner and all that nonsense just so somebody can find that attractive. And I get it. I get it, too. Like, it's it's like a peacocking thing. Like, before somebody gets to know you, they have to at least be attracted enough to engage you in whatever it is, a conversation, whatever, to figure out who you really are. But I think we've taken that a little too far. Honestly, people discount how well a person dresses skews how attractive you find them. Hmm. Because a well-dressed person, even if they look quote-unquote unattractive to you in terms of like your beauty ideals, they are well-dressed, that will skew your opinion. And you wouldn't even realize it's happening. A well-tailored suit? On a man or a woman, just like when a suit is perfectly tailored to their body, Whew. it will Whew. it will put you in the fantasy so fast. You will you will you will forgive everything. Something I think about as I get older that I never really considered when I was younger is what it's like to like as you're aging and your own like beauty changes, um, and your partner's does too. Like, what do you do if one of you? This is like a drastic thing, but like, what if you don't meet their beauty? standards anymore or like something about you is now unattractive to them i don't really know i mean i've i've never experienced that that's a total hypothetical but i've i hate even saying it but i'm gonna say the positives about it but like i've been with my husband now like long enough that i can tell looking back in our pictures like i can tell how much younger we look and i can tell like what's some things that are different about his face now and I love them. Like I can, like I really, he has more like lines on his eyes now that I think are really cute. Like I, you know, I've noticed ways he's aged, but I find them all beautiful. But there's so many people I know that find aging and like the way you look when you age unattractive that I feel like there's gotta be like couples out there where they don't find their partner attractive as they age, which seems wild Sad. to me, but <laughs> I don't know. I've just yeah, yeah, started yeah. like, it started bouncing around my brain as I've started getting older. I see. No, that's I didn't think about that. But thanks, thanks for bringing that up. I, I have I have no real perspective on this because I haven't had any significant long term relationship where I can visibly see the changes due to aging. Mm -hmm. I have always been of the mindset of 
work with what you got. I think you are supposed to grow into those things on a default. Yeah. You're supposed to grow into them. And I think generally you do, now that you're saying that. Like, I think that's true. I do tend to find, like, I mean, I've, I've sort of always found a wider age range of people attractive but that is true that i like as i get older like older and older people seem attractive to me but i mean i guess that's less a function of like the inner relationship thing is more a function of that relationship and just the effect that people close to you can have on your self-confidence and your own feelings of beauty like they can just have a lot of a lot of positive effect and like continuing to like build you up and make you feel beautiful as you age or really like tear you down and (laughs) make you (laughs) self-conscious like right but it ain't got nothing to do with you it's yes it's just toxic toxic relationships and one of the many things they'll do to you i mean you just made (laughs) me think about this i've always been extremely hairy extremely hairy extremely and i used to do everything when i was younger to get rid of as much hair as possible like even as a kid i was like maybe six years old in primary school i've always had really hairy arms like there was a a phase where chain watches were really popular and i'd get chain watches Mm -hmm. they hurt like a bitch because the grooves between the panels of the chain watch would latch onto my hair and when it moved snatched right out and every time i moved my wrist it would be pulling hair so i was extremely in pain i had to stop wearing chain watches it would be weird if i shaved my whole arm it was such a stupid thing right and i've always been hairy but like (laughs) shave it just around the wrist (laughs) it would be extremely stupid if i did that like and i knew that too growing up so i was like okay you know what chain watches are not for me i'll stick to silicone watches or leather watches i just knew that but i was always self-conscious about that the older you get you get hair all over your body if you are a hairy person you get hair all over right so what i would do is if i had to shave my chest down i'd shave my chest i'd do whatever to look you know a very specific way and now i honestly just i don't have time for that and the annoying thing is if you have nigerian hair if you shave that thing down when it grows back the blunt edges of the hair are extremely prickly because the hair the actual follicle is so thick so when you shave it there's always a sharp side so what ends up happening is it's so weird whatever if you wear a shirt the shirt just presses that hair directly down into your chest and it hurts so now i just don't bother shaving i'm not dealing with it which means now if i were intimate with someone and they specifically do not like a hairy chest i i can't and some people do insist you know they insist that they didn't like hairy people i don't want to say i get but i kind of get if you're not used to someone who's hairy it's abrasive because there's just a lot of hair you expect to feel like just smooth skin and you it's, it's a little bit so i, I kind of get it but i'm like yeah then go find somebody who has smooth who has no hair good luck to you because like me having to shave i'm not dealing with that bullshit let's we're over it yeah. right so as i age i've just been like okay so from here on out we're rocking a beard so if somebody s- shows up and they're like oh i don't like a beard even if you are the best person to ever happen to my life get out get the fuck out <laughs> i don't have 45 minutes every morning i just i don't and i don't think yeah. and it's not the case where for the rest of my life that time will automatically appear out of somewhere and i could do it even if that time a- appears i'm not willing that's really it. So yeah, I think my perception of beauty is it relates to myself has changed. This is what I believe. If there's something about you that you feel you could make better and you are sure and guaranteed that you can do something to make it better, according to you, whatever you think is, is better, you should do it. If you can afford it and it's okay for you to do it, do it. Your, your quality of life stands to gain something from doing something about that. 
And it's not, this, sometimes it doesn't even have to do with like a specific beauty thing. It's just a standard of living thing. And if there's anything you can do to make that better. See, there are people who have disproportionately huge boobs. They're just, that's mm-hmm. just their body type. Meanwhile, their back hurts. <laughs> their back is aching. Their bras are tight. Their hips are shaking from left to right. If you have really big boobs and everything hurts, go get a reduction surgery. If you can afford it, it's going to make your life better. <laughs> like, I, I don't think there's yeah. only a vanity component to it. There's very real things. And also, if you just want to do it for aesthetic reasons, do your research, know what you're getting into. But yeah, go ahead and do it. There's no... But if you also don't want to do it, that's fine too. Or move to a place where you are the... <laughs> if you can, go ahead and move to the place where you are <laughs> where you are the beauty standard. I guess just don't put too much stock in like one person or a group of people not finding you beautiful. Like, fuck those people. Like, there are people who will find you beautiful in the world. Because like, there are. There are people. <laughs> Be your best self the best way you know how. And I think this is going to end on a fucking platitude on account of I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know that I can sum it up better than that. So... That concludes our episode about beauty. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tell us about your ideal beauty standards. Message us. Tell us how beautiful we are. (laughs) (laughs) On next week's episode, we will be talking about marijuana. Until next time, peace.